first, I think that every business out there, unless they're owned by some anti-internet, somebody living <laughs> in a cabin in the woods, every business could benefit from SEO. I think businesses with kind of a longer customer journey where your customer's doing a lot of research and a lot of consideration before making a purchase. I think those are the brands that really benefit from SEO and from the kind of SEO that I do in particular, which is really content marketing heavy, by really getting to your customer at the beginning of their journey and answering those really early questions, that is when SEO like really packs a punch. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the five-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Leah McDaniel, SEO specialist and account manager over at Till Agency, joins me for this special Brands at Book and Stuff Marketers Say podcast crossover episode. We're discussing SEO for 2022. What's the next big Google update? And what should people be focusing on to see SEO success in 2022? This is a live episode where people could ask questions live. If you're interested in learning more about our live episodes, be sure to sign up for our email list. In this episode, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties. You shouldn't hear them as you listen to the episode, but it did prevent us from actually answering some people's questions live. So my apologies if you did try to tune into this episode live. But again, if you're interested in joining us for live episodes in the future, be sure to join our email list and we'll let you know when the next live episode is. You can check out the show notes at davianchrisa.com for the resources that we mentioned during the episode. And we want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram at davianchrisa. Now, on to the episode. All right, we are live, actually live today. So <laughs> welcome, Leah, to episode of the Brands That Book podcast, a little crossover episode with Stuff Marketers Say, our podcast over at the Till Agency. And for those of you who have not tuned in before, Leah is one of our account managers over at Till Agency. And so she actually helps manage accounts over at Till Agency. She is also our SEO specialist. So Leah is relatively new to Till Agency, but not to digital marketing. And I'm really excited to have her here today to chat about search engine optimization and what we can expect in 2022 when it comes to SEO. And it's funny because I feel like we just got to the other side of a major Google update. And yet here we are going into 2022 and we're already looking ahead to sort of the next big update. So lots to get into, but Leah, welcome. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. So if you are joining us live, then feel free to jump in the chat and ask us questions and we'll try to answer specific SEO questions along the way. So feel free to do that. And if you're interested in more live future episodes where you can actually interact with the topic a little bit, ask your specific questions, make sure you join both the email list at Till Agency 
and at Davey and Krista. And so we'll be doing this live, you know, both for Brands That Book and the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. And we typically try to publish episodes about a week in advance, just so people can gauge whether it's something that they're interested in. But like I said, today, the focus is going to be on search engine optimization, what we can do in 2022 to be successful. We're going to look back at 2021 and help us. I think looking back at 2021 will help us gauge a little bit, you know, how maybe seriously we should take some of these updates that are coming in 2022. So anyways, Leah, I'm going to kick it over to you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm actually an OG Brands the Book listener. Uh, yeah. That's how I found out about the Till Agency, which is really cool. I live in Richmond. In addition to working for Till, I'm also a photographer. So I have a little bit of that kind of behind the scenes knowledge in how to build a brand and how to really implement this stuff in the real world. In addition to that, I live in a bus. That's maybe yes. the most interesting thing about me. <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring up the bus. I didn't want to. I didn't want to just be like, "Oh, she lives in a bus." But I was hoping yeah. you'd bring in the bus. And it's not yeah. a bus. You know, the bus is. It's a nice it's bus. Cute. It's it's yeah. a cute bus. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a refurbished school bus, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just a little a little short bus. Yeah. So. That is awesome. I, I don't think it's the most interesting thing about you, but it is very interesting. And I will say, Leia actually manages our ads. She's our account manager over at Davey and Krista. So Leia is the one that's managing and optimizing our ads on a day-to-day -day basis. So just if you're like wondering, oh, do I trust her? Oh, I mean, I trust <laughs> her with our, with our own ads. So anyways, let's dive in. We have a, you know, when it comes to search engine optimization, I feel like I always think, oh, you know, this would be like a 25, 30 minute episode. And then it always ends up maybe a little bit longer. So let's chat. Let's jump into that. First things first, I think because of all the changes constantly to Google, I, I think it's not uncommon for people to ask, you know, is SEO even worth it anymore? You know, like how much time, it seems like just like a lot of luck. And it seems like, you know, for a lot of people that no matter what I do, I hear that, you know, I can't get my website to rank. So what would you say to somebody who's doubting whether SEO is worth it in 2022 or maybe hearing about some of the changes coming next year and they're like, okay, that's it. I can't do this anymore. What would you, what would you say to them? Yeah. So first I completely understand the kind of frustration behind like, oh, something's always changing. Like, what do I need to be doing? What even works anymore? I like to very nerdily say that the best time to start working on your SEO was 20 years ago. <laughs> the second best time is today because it's not a quick thing. And even though it seems like there are these big changes, it really is like a, it's a long game. And so these changes come, like things happen, but yes, it's absolutely worth it to work on your SEO. And those changes are never really as big or catastrophic as people think they're going to be. And the best thing to do is just keep, keep working at it, keep optimizing and yeah, I would say it's definitely still worth it. Yeah. And would you say that certain businesses can benefit more than others from search engine optimization? Yeah. Well, first, I think that every business out there, unless they're owned by some anti-internet, somebody living <laughs> in a cabin in the woods, every business could benefit from SEO. I think businesses with kind of a longer customer journey where your customer's doing a lot of research and a lot of consideration before making a purchase. I think those are the brands that really benefit from SEO. 
and from the kind of SEO that I do in particular, which is really content marketing heavy, by really getting to your customer at the beginning of their journey and answering those really early questions, that is when SEO like really packs a punch. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think one thing that I appreciated about your approach as you came onto the Attil agency is that, and I think we share a similar approach, is that it's very content centric, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there is this, I think, real focus on creating high quality content on a consistent basis and then taking care of the technical SEO bit. And, you know, that's not to say that the technical SEO part is not as important, but I think we both recognize that, well, one, we're not a website design company, right? I mean, over at Davey and Krista, we are, <laughs> but over at Till Agency, where we're doing managed SEO campaigns. So when somebody is looking for somebody to help with search engine optimization, hopefully, and we'll tell them if, if not, the website structure is in a good spot, mm -hmm. but then it's really a focus on creating that content and then working on the technical SEO piece. And there's always things to clean up on websites and building backlinks. But I would agree with you that a lot of changes over the last decade has, have come and gone. And ultimately, there are, I think, very few instances where I wake up and I look at our rankings report and I say, oh my, something really... <laughs> Something really drastically changed on a big scale. Like certainly, you know, I've woken up and a post has dropped 30 spots and I have to figure out why it's dropped that, you know, 30 spots. But across the board, I think very few instances where there's just some major drop off. And I think, again, if you're focusing on the fundamentals, typically even these major changes that happen shouldn't be devastating when they occur. Right. For sure. Yeah. So, um, Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to transition us to maybe looking a little bit about back at some of the big changes in 2021. The big SEO up update in 2021 that, if I remember correctly, and it feels like forever ago, started rolling out in June, but maybe more realistically towards the end of the summer mm -hmm. was Core Web Vitals. All right. Yeah. And so anybody who's been paying attention probably saw different information around that, especially in Google Search Console, or maybe they heard somebody talk about it. But that was going to be the big website update in 2021. And it was. But can you tell us a little bit about what Core Web Vitals were, or are rather, and maybe the impact that we've seen you know, across at least some of the websites that we do SEO for and our own websites? Right. So taking a step back, I guess, Google's main purpose is to provide people who come onto Google and make a search to provide them with a good experience. So they want those people to be able to find the information that they're looking for quickly and efficiently on sites that are easy to use. And so the core web vitals, which everyone was freaking out about when this update was going to drop, the core web vitals are basically just measurable ways to determine how user-friendly your site is. It's basically measuring how quickly and cleanly and efficiently your site loads. So people were very upset. They were like, oh my gosh, if my site doesn't load under two seconds, I'm going to drop off of Google and my business is going to go under. <laughs> and that's just not what happened. Yeah. People, let's see, people were worried that they were going to drop out of Google immediately and I have done a lot of research into the core web vitals and what the folks at Google are actually saying about it. They're like, that was never our intent. This is more of like a keep these things in mind as you go forward kind of thing. We're not trying to kick all of the slow sites off of the internet or anything. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's what we, that's what we ended up seeing, right? And there were clues that that was going to be the case even before core web vitals rolled out. 
I forget off the top of my head, and I did another podcast episode that people can check out specifically on the core web vitals, but there was a report that came back and I forget what company did it, but essentially found some astronomical percentage of the web failed core web vitals standards, right? And mm-hmm. so you could just realistically look and say, okay, well, it's not as if just because your site doesn't load in a certain amount of time that Google's going to seriously upend the rankings because that would deliver a, a poor experience for people. And, you know, Google, they want to deliver the best, easiest experience for people as possible, like, like you mentioned. So, you know, I think it wasn't something to freak out about. I definitely think that over the summer we saw some shifting, but I think, you know, it, it just again was an example of a major update that was good to be aware of, or that was good for us to be aware of, but ultimately wasn't apocalyptic like maybe many people were were saying it was going to be. Right. And of course, it's great for your site to be quick and speedy and to load efficiently. But if you're putting out great content that answers people's questions, it doesn't matter if your site loads in five seconds instead of two seconds. Like if you're providing the best answer to those questions that people have, Google's still going to put you ahead of a fast site that gives a bad response. Yeah, absolutely. And so there are just so many things that come together that determine how Google ranks a site. Now, what I do think, I do think that to a certain extent, these major updates do serve as an indication or maybe encourage the web to go in a certain direction. So I think now more than ever even, we've been paying more attention to site speed and we've been t- paying more attention to, you know, how elements on a page load, you know, so cumulative layout shift is one of the core web vitals. And so paying attention that as things load, there isn't this shift or jerk in the page that provides people a, a bad experience. So those sorts of things, I think those things are good, right? And so for Google to say, hey, we're paying attention to this, at least web designers like ourselves alerts us to, okay, this is really where the future of the web is. Right, for sure. And I think that's great if Google is kind of guiding the internet toward everybody creating better content that's serving people better. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's shift our conversation towards the next big update that we have to look forward to. And both of you and I have done a fair amount of research on this. And it's really interesting, I think. And I'm going to let you dive into maybe some of the things that this update concerns. It's called Google's MUM update. So M-U-M. So that's multitask unified model. All right. And it's going to roll out sometime in the next year. And there's already been evidence of, you know, certain elements of it having rolled out already. So that's the fun thing about Google is, you know, it's always trying to figure out, is that new? You know, are they testing something? Is Or are meta descriptions 60 characters? Are they going to be 180 characters or, you know, whatnot? You know, they're, they're always changing things. But this is kind of the next big update. And I think, again, we're going to see a, the same level maybe of concern or panic around it. I do feel like this different than some of the past updates, feels more substantial, feels like it's going to change Google search results quite a bit, at least how they appear to the user. So can you explain a little bit about what the Google Mum update is and what we can expect with that update? Yeah. So I am very excited about this update. It's basically going to be incorporating multimedia results in searches and using AI to kind of connect broader themes and be able to answer more complex questions. The example that Google has been using when they're talking about this update is like, I hiked this mountain. What do I need to do differently to prepare 
for this to hike this mountain. And you could just type that into Google and Google can compare those two things. Whereas right now, if you wanted to find that answer, you'd have to do probably four different Google searches. Like what's Mm. the difference in weather between these two places? And what's the difference in altitude? So it's really going to be able to connect broader themes together and give people a more kind of succinct answer with fewer searches. And it's also going to be using AI to pull content from images and from videos. Even, I mean, Google has been able to pull content from images with the meta descriptions and stuff. Like if you use the alt text to describe what's in an image, Google can read that now. But using this AI, they will be able to just look at the content of the photo or the video and search from there. Yeah, I think this is sort of a game changer, especially for wedding photographers or photographers like yourself and others and those who are very media focused, right? Or produce some sort of media as a result of what they do. And to a certain extent, you know, I mean, like it kind of makes, I mean, alt text will probably still be important for things like screen readers, but maybe one day Google just explain to the person using a screen reader exactly what that image is about, what's in that image. And you don't have to fill out for 50 different images in a blog post, you know, the alt text, right? right? So Mm -hmm. that's exciting just in terms of the direction that it's going. And I'll admit, I had sort of, I wouldn't, panic's too strong of a word, but (laughs) looking at the layout and saying, oh gosh, like this is very different. This looks very different. It's not, I think even as Google put it, the 10 blue links, you know, Mm -hmm. that you see, and it's not like, you know, positions one through 20 uh, or one through 10 anymore, you know, like more traditional results or what we're used to seeing as more traditional results, I think are going to be much further down the page. And so it is important that we take advantage of all the different aspects that we can of the web. But again, I think this is such a good thing, especially for people like photographers who previously, like back in the day, it was like, hey, it's all about the text that you have on the page, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, there's images that that's great. I know that's what you do, but it doesn't really help you when it comes to search engine optimization. Well, that's becoming less and less true. You know, same thing with videographers, you know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things I think are not only going to, th- this kind of update not only levels the playing field, but maybe makes it a little bit more advantageous to have stunning images and videos on your site. So I think that's what I'm most excited about when it comes to the mum update. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a great thing. One of the things that I hear from people all the time, and I'm like, you know, you need to create this informational content on your site. And they're like, I'm not a writer. Like that's not where my strengths lie. I think this mom update is going to really kind of play into different strengths. So if you're really great on video, which I'm not, but (laughs) if you're really great on video and you can't write a blog post to save your life, you can still put that content out there And Google can still read it and serve it in search results. I think it's going to be really great for people who learn in different ways and people who are able to express themselves in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. I really do think that this sort of, you know, changes things, maybe levels of playing field. And it it makes sense too. Like if I'm looking for a photographer, I'm looking for somebody who's good at taking photos, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, In a particular setting, like it shouldn't really matter how good of a writer they are. And I think, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's probably still good to have those informational content, pieces of content on your website. But I do think hopefully this will, I think, make things easier maybe for photographers, videographers, and other more artistic oriented fields. So... You know, as far as the mum updates go, I think that what we'll have to do is do an episode specific to this update sometime in the future as we get closer to it. 
You know, I think a thousand things are going to change between now and then, and we're going to have sort of a, a thousand revelations as people continue to do research on the significance around this update. But this is the update that people need to be ready for in 2022. So coming up and you know, again, if you are a photographer and I, I, we just, I would say relatively often see, hear from photographers who, you know, maybe got rid of some images and stuff on their website because again, they wanted to replace it with text and things like that. Who knows? This really could be one of the updates that we've been waiting a long time for. Anything else that we should say about the mum update before moving on? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I think that'll be something to watch for sure. I think yeah. there's going to be more information rolling out about it as it gets closer and Google kind of fine tunes their idea of what this is going to be. So definitely something to keep on your radar, but not something to freak out about and not something that's going to push you off the internet forever. Just something to keep in mind as you're creating content for the future. Yeah. And I think maybe it will make technical SEO that much more important. I'm thinking especially around like adding schema to your site. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, I think it's easier than ever to add schema through, uh, to your website, especially if you have like a WordPress website. But there are so many different schema generators out there that for people who don't have any idea what I'm talking about, it, it's easy to find one. So what I'd encourage you to do now in the meantime, if this is something that you're, you're interested in, maybe just Google about the mum update and take a look for yourself. At least take a look at what how it's going to change what the uh, search results look like. And I'll make sure that I include a screenshot of that, of an example in the show notes for people to take a look at. So for now, you know, I think that's, you know, what people should be doing. And then, like I said, as we get closer to the update, we'll start rolling out with more practical information of what people can do around this update. So let's move on. Let's just talk about maybe three to five SEO items that people should focus on in 2022 in order to be successful. In your opinion, what would those things be? Yeah. So kind of broad overview. I think people need to focus on really understanding and serving their searcher intent instead of worrying about SEO hacks. I think people are really, they kind of get worked up into a frenzy about making their site as fast as possible or putting all these keywords in their alt text, thinking that they're going to hack the system somehow. And I think that's a, that maybe used to work 10 years ago. There used to be those sites where they would, you know, put the keywords in the same color as the background, whatever, but that's not the way the internet works anymore. And you will kind of ride these different updates better if your goal with your SEO is just to serve searcher intent, like if you are creating content, building your site with the, you know, in the back of your mind, like what are people going to be searching for and how can I help them answer those questions? That's going to be the big thing to guide your SEO strategy going forward. Yeah. I, and I agree. And this goes, I think this segues really well into your second point about broad topic research. So if the first one is truly serving searcher intent, and once what we mean by searcher intent is like you said, just basically answering the question or serving the customer and meeting whatever intention they have for doing that search in the first place. So, so one of, you know, we might have a more purchase oriented searcher intent if I'm looking for a specific brand of shoes, right? But this, I think, segues really well into broad topic research, which is your your second tip. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So using very specific keywords is becoming less and less important as Google improves on this AI and gets a better understanding of like what terms go together and kind of builds this map of knowledge 
So for example, Google now knows that weddings and elopements are pretty much the same thing. Whereas, you know, they're totally different words and people would optimize completely differently in the past if they were a wedding photographer versus an elopement photographer. But now Google is like, okay, I understand that they're basically the same thing. So looking at broader topics instead of very narrow, like, okay, should I say Minneapolis wedding photographer or wedding Minneapolis wedding photography, you know? <laughs> so kind of doing, looking at these broad topics, the bigger questions and not worrying so much about the specific words that you're using, but answering kind of that broader question. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes Google refers to this as entities versus mm -hmm. keywords. And I do think that's an important shift. I think for a lot of people thinking about them, even as keyword groups might help, mm -hmm. you know, so like you were just suggesting, you know, if you have sort of this topic, you know, what are sort of the different sub keywords of that topic and creating content around those that makes sense. But again, I think what we're seeing, especially in this next big update is keywords themselves becoming less, even less important and mm -hmm. Google more focusing on, as you put it, these broad topics or entities. And again, I think that's makes life a lot easier. I think keyword yeah. research is still going to be important, or maybe we should call it entity research. I don't know. But I also think that for the lay person who just kind of has an intuition about what somebody might be searching for. Mm -hmm. you know, Google becoming more intelligent is going to help. Yeah, it's going to help everybody. It's going to help searchers find the information that they're looking for. How many times have you gone into Google and you're trying to find this answer to the specific thing? And you're like, what combination of words do I need to put into Google to get the answer that I'm looking for? And you have to try, you know, seven different searches before you, you find the thing that Google recognizes. That is just not going to be the case anymore, which is really exciting. So it'll be helping both the searchers and the content creators because you don't have to make everything so hyper, hyper specific. Google is now going to be using that AI to kind of know more about these broader topics or, or entities. Yeah. And I think, so I think that's right. I think my big concern around AI is mostly that it's going to become, you know, so smart that it takes over the world, <laughs> yada, yada. Right. So that's my big concern when it comes to Google that and the amount of information they know about us. I actually tried, and this I think would be relevant to the mum, the Google mum update uh, discussion that we were having earlier, which is I have DuckDuckGo on my mm -hmm. computer. Have you heard of DuckDuckGo? So for those yes, who are listening- Yes, I hate DuckDuckGo. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that because I have DuckDuckGo on my computer and also on my phone. And, you know, I thought, okay, like I, I do care about privacy, but it's funny. I feel like so many people like say they care about privacy. I think in theory, we all care about privacy, but then we have like an Amazon Alexa in our home, you know, which is basically like a, a little bug. Mm -hmm. a little. So, but anyways, all that to say, so I've tried intentionally to use DuckDuckGo when I don't have to use Google, like Chrome. And so for some things, I just have to use Chrome. But I get so frustrated because I would Google like the location of a business just to get their phone number so I can call, right? But the way it comes up is just so so much less advanced than how Google serves information mm -hmm. that it takes so much longer. And again, obviously the trade-off is, well, I, I maintain my privacy, but at the same time, it's like, ah, oh, this isn't worth it. So I've pretty much given up on that. And I'm like, and I don't really have, you know, I was like, okay, well, there's nothing really, I have nothing to hide. So it's like, whatever, I'm just going to use Google Chrome. But I do like the idea of DuckDuckGo in theory. 
Right. I think that's, I tried DuckDuckGo also thinking like, oh, this is the smart, responsible thing to do. And I was yep. like, actually, it just makes my life a lot easier when Google has all this information about me already. <laughs> that's right. That's right. In like 99% of situations, I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to find the number for this deli down the street. And <laughs> right. it's like, what am, what am I doing? I might as well just use Google. Anyways, but, you know, I do, again, in theory, I'm like, no, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't have all this information about me. I'm the same way with Facebook, you know, it's like, no, I don't want them to have all this information about me. With that said, I'll go and visit sites intentionally, hoping that then I'll see some sort of special deal in a Facebook or Instagram ad, right? Yep, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's funny how that works. But anyways, moving on to the next tip. So we talked about truly serving searcher intent. I think that's been a fundamental of SEO for a long time that we should focus on. Broad topic research, which again, I think to a certain extent, something that we should be have should have been focusing on for a while now, but I think even more so as Google rolls out with this new mum update, now multimedia content. So speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So multimedia content is honestly something that I personally have been resisting for a long time because I, yeah, I am just better when I have a chance to like sit down and kind of compose my thoughts and, and write something out. I, I sound smarter and more coherent and there's been all of this, you know, news and recommendations. People are like, oh, well, you need to start using reels and you need to get on YouTube and do all of these things. I'm like, I, I will let my business go under, I think, before I do that. <laughs> but it's becoming more and more of an important thing, especially with this Google Mom update. I'm not saying that people who don't like doing video need to force themselves and not do written content anymore, but it's opening up these options. Whereas in the past, it seemed for a lot of people that writing blog content was really the only way to show up in, in Google search. And that's not going to be the case anymore. So if you're a person who really thrives on video or is great doing, you know, lives or podcasting, things like that, it's going to be easier to still show up in search, even if written content is not your main focus. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest, the most nerve wracking things for me with this update is I like writing like you. I don't feel, I feel just more put together when I can mm -hmm. uh, clarify my thoughts through writing them down. I think some of my best content are blog posts. And even if more people listen to the podcast, for instance, I think a lot of my ideas or things that I talk about on the podcast came from initially writing them down, you know, in a, in a blog post, right? So I get nervous, like, oh man, am I going to have more trouble ranking some of these posts? And we have been doing more with things like YouTube. And then obviously we do the podcast, but so I don't think, you know, again, I think we're going to be, we're going to be okay, but I am like, well, you know, it's, it's nice. I mean, even for me personally, like I very rarely watch a YouTube video unless it's like, oh, there's like a leaky pipe and I have to figure out how to fix this. So their garbage disposal broke and I have to figure out how to fix it, right? In most cases, I'm looking for something written anyways. I think a lot of people are still going to find themselves in situations where they can't play a video at work or something like that. And they just need a written answer. So I don't think that you have to go in that direction, but I do think that the more, you know, like you put it, multimedia content that you create, the better off you're going to be when it comes to Google's new format for the search results. Right. And that kind of goes back to serving searcher intent. Like if 
what you're trying to convey would be better conveyed in video. It doesn't matter if you're better at writing it down. Like you, if somebody is going to be looking for a video to answer this question, if you want to be ranking for those search terms, you should probably create a video. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. And you can always include written directions. It's the best of the, yeah. <laughs> the best of both worlds, right? But I am glad that we finally started focusing a little bit more on YouTube this past year. So very timely. So the last tip you have here is Google My Business. Yes. So Google's entities are still kind of a nebulous thing. They're not a, a super, it's not super easy to explain the way that Google defines entities, unfortunately. But basically anything that somebody would search for by name, Google would consider to be an entity. And so the best way for your average person to kind of work toward that, to kind of play into that system would be to have a good Google My Business profile, because that's the number one way to say to Google, I'm an entity. And I think a lot of people, they're just like, yeah, I I guess I have to have a Google My Business for local search or whatever. So they make it and they tell their clients to send reviews and then they never think about it again. But I think it's going to be more important going forward to have posts on your Google My Business profile and make sure that you have your description is kind of keyword optimized or gives a, a clear description of what your business is or what you do or who you serve. And I also think that having up-to-date, relevant reviews is going to just continue to grow in importance. There are lots of folks that I've worked with who have 100 reviews on their Google My Business profile, but their business has kind of shifted focus over several years. And so now they are a course creator or something, but all of their reviews are about when they were a wedding photographer. And so somebody who ends up on Google looking at them. It's like, I don't, I don't think this person is actually a course creator because all of these people say that they're a wedding photographer and Google is going to have that same confusion too. If, if all of the signs point to you're a wedding photographer, not a course creator, that's going to kind of confuse that whole entity stew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So and Google My Business, I feel like, again, just going back to our, our quick conversation about DuckDuckGo, I mean, definitely one of the areas in which I think Google shines and it's just an aspect of Google being able to aggregate that information from the website, even from non-platforms you know platforms that you don't own. So like your, your entities that you don't own, like your website. So for instance, mm-hmm. if you are a wedding photographer, your reviews from Wedding Wire or the Not might come in. If you yeah. are a restaurant, it's probably going to be Yelp and you know similar places to that. So Google does a really good job of aggregating that information in a place that I think that other search engines just have some room to catch up. I think that there's probably a lot of space between Google and kind of the next most popular search engine. So I agree, especially I think for local businesses in particular. And I would say like, if I'm thinking about purchasing something that's from a local business, like I'll read the Google reviews. I spend next to no time reading like Facebook reviews. I spend next to no time on Facebook pages anymore. But mm-hmm. you know, what have I, you know, what do I find spending myself spending time on if I'm doing research about a company? I'm more likely to look at their Google My Business listing than I am to go to their Facebook page. You know, I feel like Facebook pages, it's like we all have them just because, you know, we need them to run ads or something. But I feel like not utilized as much in the same way as Google's listings. Right. So one thing that I will say, a little tidbit that I've discovered recently, 
people, your listeners might be familiar with this, with reviews disappearing. Google my Google reviews, just they know their client wrote one and it showed up for a second or their client screenshotted it and it's just not showing up. It's been a bigger issue since 2020 when at the beginning of COVID, Google kind of disabled reviews to prevent small businesses from being unfairly slammed. Yeah. 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 And so ever since then, the Google reviews have been kind of off. They haven't been right since then. And one thing that I learned recently working with a client who had that problem, her Google reviews had just disappeared, her most recent ones. One thing that I learned is that Google still really wants you to be getting reviews in different places, like on Facebook or on Yelp or on WeddingWire. Because if you're only getting reviews through Google, that's an indicator that they might be fake. And so they would take them down. So as much as I am with you in that I don't read Facebook reviews, I haven't been on Yelp in years. It's still very important to be getting reviews in those places and not only sending people to Google. Yeah, that's a, that's a great tip. And I don't think I've heard that. So really appreciate that you sharing that with us. And yeah, I still think some of these other places like a Yelp or Wedding Wire are not some of these like citations that are created specifically for your niche or industry. I, you know, I didn't mean to suggest those weren't good Facebook reviews. I, I don't, and does Google even aggregate Facebook reviews? Have you seen that? I think it does sometimes. Does it? So I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen that, but anyways, I mean, to your point, I think that, I think the takeaway is go get reviews in a lot of places and mm-hmm. not just necessarily in Google. And like you, and like we both said, Google aggregate those reviews on your listing anyways. So they will show mm-hmm. up on your Google, my business listing. Now, with that said, what I kind of like about that, just as I, I'm processing it a little bit more is that for people who may not get a lot of Google reviews specifically, it sounds like their reviews in other areas actually count. And we knew on some level they actually counted but it was kind of unclear as to how much. So it sounds like maybe a lot in terms of just building trust with you know Google as a search engine so that they're more likely to, to rank you. Right, I think that plays into the general idea of entities. Like if you are only an entity on Google, if there's no trace of you anywhere else, Google might not understand that you actually exist. Sure. So kind of having, having that proof of your existence in other places on the internet would benefit any business for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, these are some great tips and I think that they're good tips to to keep us successful in in 2022 and I think at the end of the day, you know, both both of us agree that content is still front and center even though again, I think people who are photographers or photos make up a large part of their site, people who are videographers or videos make up a large part of their site, I think should be excited about the updates that are coming out because I think maybe your content will be recognized in a way that it hasn't been before. So really excited about that update. And Leah, I just want to thank you for taking the time and sharing your expertise with us and how we can be successful with SEO in 2022. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really exciting. Yeah. So we'll we'll have Leah back on soon, I'm sure, because there's so much to talk about when it comes to search engine optimization. I think two topics that I want to talk about in the relatively near future. One, getting more specific with this Google Mom update. What is it? How exactly can we optimize for this update specifically? And I think it's just going to be a matter of maybe waiting a little bit just to see as information and tests roll out and understanding that a little bit more. But the second one that we'll probably do sooner is going to be maybe a few tools that you can use to optimize your website. And I know that 
Leah has some of her favorite tools. I have a few favorite tools of, of my own. So I think it'd be a really interesting conversation for us to uh, chat through those things. Yes. One of the things that I want to mention is that if you're interested in having SEO done for you, then reach out to till.agency. That is where we help, or one of the things we do is help clients with their search engine optimization goals. And so you'd be able to work directly with Leah in doing that. And we have all sorts of different options from, you know, more one-off help, you know, just helping you correct maybe errors on your site or trying to meet a very specific objective to ongoing managed SEO campaigns. So reach out to till.agency for more information about that. And over at davianchrista.com, you can find one of our newest courses is a Show It SEO course. So if you are a Show It user, you can access our Show It SEO course at davianchrista.com forward slash shop. Thanks again, Leah. Yeah. So I actually have looked at the Davian Krista Show It SEO course just a little tidbit here. It's great. I am always excited when I can learn something new. I'm always trying to grow and improve. And I learned new stuff about SEO from Davy and Krista's Show It course. So just sliding that in there for you. (laughs) That's good to hear. Because like I said, Leia is not new to SEO. And one of the reasons that I got her access to that was because you're more familiar with WordPress Mm -hmm. and Show It maybe as a little bit of a newer platform for you. So, right. but I am glad that you picked up some stuff along the way. That's great. That makes me happy. It makes me feel even more confident in that, in that content. So thanks for sharing that. Of course. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com. 